Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. I'm Doug Cunnington, and in this interview, or in this episode, I will interview Christy for the 2X Accelerator update. This is uh, September, and Christy hit a huge milestone. She crossed over $100,000 for total earnings from the beginning. So this is uh, kind of a a huge deal, and we're going to hear what she's been working on over the last month. Christy, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Hmm? I'm good. I'm still getting over a cold, so I'm going to try not to cough in your ear, and I'm going to try and mute. I'll do my best, but we'll see how it goes. So let's hear about uh, just generally what's going on with the site over the last Mm -hmm. month or so. Can you tell, tell us about traffic and the earnings? Sure. So in September, uh, the earnings did tick back up, which was a relief since they'd been down for two months and I was, my brain decided that was, you know, the beginning of the end. Um, cause that's just how my brain works, but earnings ticked back up. So ended around, uh, 6,200 for the month, which is pretty good. And it was a short month. So normal month, I probably would have been at 6,400, which is very respectable given where we've been with the site. And in September traffic averaged about 3,800 per day, uh, which is a little bit down. It's down by about 10K over the month. But with the earnings up, obviously, I, I care a little bit less about that. And you crossed over the $100,000 mark. So congratulations on that. Any Thank thoughts you. or, you know, when you think back, when you first started working on the site and learned about affiliate marketing, like, can you imagine earning no. that amount? So yeah, just <laughs> tell us about hitting that milestone, what it's meant no. to you. Um, when I look back and I'm really glad that I tracked every month's worth of earnings too, like probably not everyone bothers to do that, but I'm glad that I have that historical data because I can look back and be like, wow, my first full month made like not even $15. And I was thrilled. I was like, it's working, (laughs) you know? So I think, uh, the blind faith right at the beginning was a key element of my success. Um, but yeah, I think it's kind of crazy, right? Because I started at the end of 2018. So, you know, two and a half years later. And right. I have put, you know, a decent amount of money into it. But to me, that's just to get to these milestones faster. So I'm pretty pumped that it hit that. I'm That's really awesome. And it was like something I really have enjoyed working on. So it was a nicer 100K than I could make somewhere else. Right. One thing that I've, I, I heard someone else say it, but I've sort of adopted it where to start something like this, and it could be anything, a podcast or YouTube mm-hmm. channel or a blog or whatever, you have to be naive enough to think mm-hmm. you can actually accomplish it, but smart enough to you know do the work and driven right. enough mm-hmm. to actually show up and and keep right. trying even when not all the signs are pointing to like this is definitely going to be successful because you you right. don't know at the beginning and mm-hmm. i mean you, you started your own uh like marketing agency mm-hmm. in the past like how much value did that bring from a confidence standpoint to like you know make you think that you could actually sure. do something like this Well, I do think that it makes a difference um, because I am in a mindset more so where I feel like if I'm going to kind of bet on anyone, like 
I'll just better myself. You know, like I can, I can do hard work. I can figure things, I can learn things, you know, like I think that puts me in a mindset of I built another business. Like I didn't have any idea what I was doing there either. Went fine. Everything's fine. So, you know, for me, I'm not, I don't get nervous with that kind of uncertainty. I think some people likely do. I do well at, you know, creating my own structure to work within and things like that. Like that's all just kind of how I operate. So there are some pieces that would be harder for different personalities, I think. The flip side of that is, you know, I'm a nervous Nelly and, um, you know, so I deal with that. But every now and then the site will throw me a bone and remind me it's not, it's not degrading. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. okay, okay. <laughs> so that's uh, just something I've been trying to focus more on is like, just calm down. Like, good grief. It'll because be you okay. build the value and then you start to like rely on it staying of high value and like doing very well and you forget that you used to make $15 and be happy about it right this month I've tried to just level set a little bit with my own brain to be like dude just be happy with it <laughs> it's funny how quick we like readjust to whatever the normal is and then yeah. you have to keep you know chasing chasing the high um, right. to use a drug analogy. Okay. So to, to move on and I, actually I want to dig deeper into like the mindset mm -hmm. stuff in a minute here. But one thing that I often forget to ask, how many posts are on the site total right now? And where do you yep. suspect it'll be by say the end of the year in just a couple months? Yeah. So right now we have about 450 articles and that spans you know regular informational posts buyers posts and also like some of our um, media spotlights they're like vlog spotlights or blog spotlights or things like that um so we're at about 450 i'm currently doing a holiday sprint that is 25 articles specifically for this season so i would imagine that by the end of the year just if we just minimally keep chipping along, we'll be at about 500 pieces of content. And how many writers do you have working with you right now? Um, well, the first year, it's changed a little bit. So the first year when I was really investing in content like heavily all year long, I probably had five or six people that I would use. Um, by the time I got to the first sprint I did in Q1 this year, I used maybe three or four of those. And for the holiday sprint, I'm doing half of it myself and half of it with the favorite writer that I have. <laughs> well, I will say just the Upwork piece um, has been huge for me and the amount of time that I spent getting it set up and doing like the job descriptions and going through test, test posts with different writers, like that took a lot of time in 2019, but I'm still using some of those writers. So that's just something where I would encourage people if they are going to try outsourcing any content. Like I have no regrets on that. These are all people that are experts in my niche. They have personal experience. So I don't feel like I'm just hiring random people overseas. Like, you know, that's, that's not my real jam of the site, but, um, the amount of time that I put into getting Upwork set up and finding those good people is still paying off two or three years later. So yeah, about that. And, and people can revisit some of the previous interviews, mm -hmm. especially those early days where 
you know, you yeah. did put in a lot of time, not just setting up the job listings, but mm-hmm. to work with the writers and find out what they were good at and interested right. in. And I think basically everyone that you ended up hiring had some experience mm-hmm. in the yep. industry in some capacity, right? Right. And I think I did, I slept since then. Didn't I do a big blog post for you about how exactly to do Upwork hiring? Hmm? Yes. I think yeah. I did. That makes yeah. sense. So if people want to get into it, like detail wise, that exists out there somewhere. Yep. And we'll put a link in the show notes here for cool. downloading all the templates and stuff. Cause I, yeah. I know yeah. that is one thing that you did. You yep. started with uh, the templates that I had, and then you made mm-hmm. them a little customized for your own needs Correct. there. Okay. So as far as the mindset stuff, you, you mentioned your nervous Nelly. So you will mm-hmm. stress about some things, and it's been stressful as you've been working on infrastructure yeah. things, things you weren't even planning on upgrading and, and taking care of. And new issues sort of arose as you mm-hmm. dug a little bit deeper. You exceeded your budget that you identified earlier in you the year. You see me deep breathing <laughs> as you say this list? Like, I'm just right. like, okay. Hmm? So take take us through that, through I, I, actually even some of the stressful periods from earlier in the year, and then how you have arrived at a more zen-type mm-hmm. situation. For the moment. <laughs> yeah. So I would just say the first half of the year, I felt super good about what I was doing. Like I was spending all my time and effort on like things that I felt inherently good at or like able to learn pretty well. And then once we got to the summer and the infrastructure stuff just kind of exploded, (laughs) um, then I just like stopped feeling good at anything that we had to be doing. Right. So I'm just like, I don't even understand what the developer is saying. Like, I know he's trying to explain things to me in a non-developer way. And I'm just like, I don't know what we're talking about. I don't know what we're talking about. Also, I'm not interested in it. I just want it to be fixed. Like, none of this is my thing. So it was just like a couple months of that. And, you know, having like thousands of dollars go into cleaning up the background of the site or, you know, trying to get weird formatting stuff fixed. And it's just like... So it really, I think that couple of months just robbed me of a lot of like the joy I took in the site because I couldn't be working on the stuff that I enjoyed. And it wasn't the stuff that I was like, this grows the site, right? Like I have content down, like I get the SEO. I know that when I spend time there, like it will have dividends later. The infrastructure stuff, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. Clean up the plugins. I don't know. (laughs) You know, like, I'm not sure what this is doing for me. And so, yeah, like it just, uh, it was stressful. It was stressful. So as I've kind of gotten into the last couple of months, just being like, wow, do I want to stay stressed about this? Like, it's kind of optional. Not entirely. Like, of course I want it to do well. And I have like high standards for it. And that's all fine. But at the end of the day, like, I don't want to be miserable about it because I really like the site. What I don't like is working on some of the stuff or spending money on some of the stuff. Well, that's just business. That's how it is. So this month I took a little bit of just like a mental palate cleanse. It was like, you know, like I'm just going to start maybe enjoying 
the fact that I've built a thing that made $100,000 in three years. Like, that's pretty good. And I can still be happy about it. And maybe I can do some of the things that I've been like putting off. Like, you know, I have, we talked about it a little bit, but I have like a purchase I'm thinking about that would add joy to my life right now. And I think I'm so used to being like, yeah, but I have to keep planning for like future me to be financially secure. And, you know, and at some point it's like, yeah, but like 39 year old me wants to be kind of happy right now. There's probably some middle ground. So that's where my head's at for September and heading into October. Right. Yeah, it's it's a big it's a big deal to hit that sort of mindset mm-hmm. shift and Well and I know you do it with the personal finance stuff too. Like I think we're just really used to being responsible and it's not that I want to be irresponsible. I just think maybe we go too far the other way sometimes. Right. And I, I, yeah, with the personal finance stuff, I do run into it a lot. And especially like the intersection of personal finance and the entrepreneurship. So I have some, a couple of friends who they enjoy the work that they're doing, which is fantastic. However, I, I think like they've, they've earned as much money as they were trying to earn. Right. And I think now they're just, doing the work, which is enjoyable, and I can't blame them for that, but they're doing more and more work that is uh, sort of diminishing returns. And I think they're running away from like dealing with their own demons and stuff in some capacity. Maybe not demons, but... Yeah, yeah. figuring out another way to spend your time. Like I think a lot of people find solace in like the structure of work, which is good. And like the value of work, like that's personal value. But... You know, even when I look back on the people I used to work with in corporate, and I'm sure you're the same, like many of them that made the most money, like the executives, are still like grinding it out in day jobs, doing the same thing, right? And they do not have to be doing that. But I think it's because they don't know what else they would do, and they're not trying to figure that out. So I don't want to do that either. Right. And then, you know, from the stress perspective where, you know, you were talking about some of the issues you ran into earlier this year, not the continuous growth that you were seeing for, you know, whatever, two plus years Mm -hmm. um, and just realizing like, okay, it'll be okay. And still fine. (laughs) You don't have to stress about it. You can, right? Like Mm -hmm. we could all choose to stress more and more about different things or not. And, and sometimes, obviously, there's some uh, very stressful things going on, and right, you should right. worry about that shit, of course. But yeah, some some things where I don't know, I actually find that I still worry about stuff, but I worry about dumber things, and it's easier for right. me to identify those. Like, oh well, right. I'm I'm worrying about like um, the specific beer that I'm going to drink. Like, that's not <laughs> not a huge problem. Like, not you a, can have yes. the different Take a little beer. step back there. Probably it's gonna be all right. Yeah, so it's not a huge deal. Okay, so moving on to a couple things that didn't work out or that you're struggling with this last yeah. few weeks. So there's there's yep. a couple things. Let's get into those. There's a couple things. So one of them would be um, 
the kind of course library that I was building of other people's courses. And it's made like the occasional buck here and there, right? Like maybe 25 bucks since I started it four months ago. Not a wild success as far as finances go. Um, I like the resource. All of the work has been done. What I can't figure out is how to drive traffic to those pages or to convince people to buy once they leave my site and go to someone else's course page. Like, because I am sending a decent amount of traffic to people's course pages. Like when I log into my affiliate dashboards for them, like some of them, you know, I'm sending 150 visitors and none of them are buying. And there's nothing that I can do about their sales page or whether the kind of person I'm sending it maybe is or isn't ready to buy. So I think it just ended up being a more complicated sales process than I assumed it would be because all the resources are good and like we're vetting those and the, the way the site functions about it is good. Um, so what I've decided to do is stress less about that and ask someone on my team to dig into that project and be like, how are we going to grow that? Right? Because now that the work is done, like if I can solve that equation, then that's a great new income stream that requires like very little effort for me. So I am handing that stress to someone else who doesn't find it stressful and finds it enjoyable and exciting. And I'm not going to worry about that right now. So, but I would say that it's not a wild success and I haven't figured it out, even though the content is good and I feel good about that. Um, so that's one thing. And then before I you go on, that, oh yeah, hold on. So, you know, part of this is coaching. So I have a couple thoughts. Mm -hmm. Number one is, is a question. So why mm -hmm. might this person be able to solve it when you were not able to? Well, I'm not putting that much time into solving it for one thing. So I'm more focused on like creating my first physical product, getting the first course of my own launched, um, and doing the holiday sprint. So just like, I'm not spending any time on it right now Got it. at all. Um, I'm not out there making emails about it. Like I'm just not doing it. So I'm not in the camp thinking like, I'm just going to do nothing and it's somehow going to magically work out. Okay. So I, so I have two, two follow-up mm -hmm. thoughts. One, I think, you know, go, going back and sort of the lesson learned Mm -hmm. you had custom development done to implement this. And I know we talked about it before. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a fan of testing something as simple as possible without investing sure. dollars and capital just for the minimum viable solution to see if it'll yep. work. And that would have been a, a, better, a better way to do it because now you're, you're like, ah, mm -hmm. I built this thing and it's not quite yep. working. Um, so that, that's one lesson learned. The secondary thing is I would just not even put your person on this and just say, you know what? Fuck it. This didn't work out. Like, mm -hmm. let's just move on. So you've, par you've done it halfway because you, you, mm -hmm. you got it off of your plate. And then I think, I don't think unless your, your person has specific experience doing this before, I'd be shocked it's possible, but I'd be shocked if they were like, oh, all we need to do is share it on social. Well, I'm, I'm pretty well, sure, sure there's not, there's not going to be like a, oh, 
I'm going to Google this and they're going to think, oh, we just have to do TikTok videos. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, there's no easy solution to it. So I would just cut it and say, let's just leave it there. If you get a lot more traffic to your site, it may take off in the future, but I think killing it now would be better than trying to like fix a thing that maybe wasn't ever going to work out. My small caveat to that, and I'm not saying that you're wrong, is that the person that I am handing it to does have experience selling groups of other people's courses for the same niche. So there is that, like she has seen a lot of what works and what doesn't, and she does work with a lot of course people. So it's not necessarily just like, yeah, we should post more on Instagram. Like if she comes up with some ideas that maybe work out and are easy, great. But I agree, like I'm not, I'm not throwing like thousands of dollars at this thing anymore. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So what was the next thing? So the next thing I would say is my um, digital guides, which are new as of, let me look. I want to say six months, maybe six months-ish. Um, those have been more successful. It's been about 225 bucks, I think from those. And that's been two guides. All I've really done is include them in a couple of emails and that was kind of it. So overall, again, like it's not costing me anything. They exist. They're good. They live out there. Like I'm not putting money into those. Um, but I also am not, you know, it's not like, oh, I don't need to do Amazon anymore because <laughs> I have my own guides. No, like that's not the, but it's also not the kind of money I'm charging for them. They're like nine bucks, you know? So I would say it's kind of a success, kind of not first time, you know? Right. And for this, you're doing email marketing to to sell these as well as um, some ads on your site for the specific products mm-hmm. that goes to the sales pages on relevant posts, right? Right. Okay. Right. So the other thing that I thought was going to work better in my mind was having kind of a custom ad inserter built, which wasn't like a ton of time. It's not like I spent $5,000 on it, but I spent developer time on it, you know, where basically it gives me a backend way to set a custom graphic ad and link for different categories of posts. And then it will insert them every couple of headers or whatever, which is fine. Um, But when we rolled that out, I think it was at the start of September and I put in um, basically a promo to the course library. And I was like, this is going to be it for sure. You know, like 450 posts, it's probably in there 900 times. No, no. So it's a little bit like I could play more around with that and put different types of ads on different categories of posts, which I haven't done either. So like I could start promoting the guides again, or like I can change whatever that is without having to go into all the 450 posts. But would I say it was like a wild success right off the bat? No. Okay. So. Thanks for making me air all my dirty laundry. It was not working, Doug. <laughs> I do there, other things well. Huh? 
there's uh there's more details in the blog post so people could check the link because yeah. you you wrote it all out for us so people could see the actual stats and numbers thanks to ezoic for sponsoring this episode especially their new product leap Leap provides everything from optimization features to diagnostics so that websites can pass core web vitals. It was built for publishers, and in fact, it's free to people that monetize with Ezoic. And it allows visitors to load pages instantly using Ezoic Cloud to serve new core web vital friendly ads using lightning fast server side Ezoic Edge technology. And basically, Ezoic helps your site load faster and get those green core web vitals. And you can also simplify speeding up your site and cut the cost. So you can optimize everything from code to content using the features designed to eliminate the need for costly third-party technology and plugins. And basically what happens, and this happened to me, you try to add more and more plugins to optimize, to maybe minimize your CSS or minimize your JavaScript or something like that. And you end up with several different plugins and technologies, but basically you can just use Leap and generally, and this is the stats that Ezo excites, the average site is able to remove 3.5 optimization features, technologies, or plugins, saving them $250 per year when they are using Leap for free. So thanks a lot to Ezoic and be sure to check out Leap. Okay, the, the digital guides, like the one thing, and actually um, I'll let you talk about the courses too mm-hmm. right now because I, my coaching aspect uh, ties together the the digital products mm-hmm. and the and you mean my own course? Yep, your own courses. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, what's going on with the courses right now? Yes. So, I set up a beta program, like you suggested, to try to get maybe three, five beta test users purchasing the class at 50% of the cost and then providing feedback and testimonials. So we made a quick um, like Google form that they could just fill out after they do the course about what they thought and quotes and whatnot. Um, So set that up, set up the affiliate for the affiliate stuff for my own course. Um, So the content is done, like it's technically out there. The first beta tester that we had Um, is already done. I added her testimonial and she has all of the assets I made to promote it. So it is technically out there. We have not done like our email launch yet because we're waiting for like a couple of the other beta tester folks to do it. So it exists, which is great. It is a real thing. I have in October when we're filming this made $80, which is more than I've made off of the course library. (laughs) So anyway, it's coming together. I would say it's taken a really long time because I ended up doing all that infrastructure stuff for like three months. Like if I hadn't, probably I could have gotten this done in July, but that's not how it worked out. Right. And just to be clear, the infrastructure stuff unrelated to the course, it it was like literally on your website. Right. Okay. And you have some beta customers so people paid 
for the course. So we had the first one follow through. We had another probably three or four say that they will do it. Um, so we're just waiting for them to actually do it. Um, but that is about all the people that I really need, I think, to be beta testers. Okay. Like a handle. Got it. And I um, would just say. Just add some testimonials and stuff. Right. Right, right. And I think, yeah, I mean, if you have, you know, three to five, like, actual testimonials, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. In my my old sort of, like, benchmark, I love to have, like, 10 to 15 students go through knowing that some are not right. actually going to go through and some won't have a testimonial for you or anything sure. with concrete, actual, real results. So that's awesome that you were able to, yep. to launch. And you said the the price is uh, 150 for the the beta is that correct and we have um so it's half of that for the beta people 150 for everybody and we have our sales drip campaign for emails set up we haven't sent that yet because we were waiting on the beta folks to get through um but those are set up and i'm just curious to see how that goes you know i just have no i have no benchmarks for other courses so We'll just see. Got it. Okay. So tying your own products mm-hmm. together, I, I I look at the, you know, the digital courses, or sorry, the digital guides, which are, you know, sh- sort of shorter, very mm-hmm. well, well put together ebooks and very low yes, price it's point. like an ebook. Mm-hmm. It's like 10 bucks, right? Yep. So my concern is if you're having trouble and you're not sure how to sell those, mm-hmm. it seems much harder to sell the $150 yep. longer course. Now, there's some other aspects, right? Like you're actually getting some other influencers, uh, some mm-hmm. of your peers in different platforms to be beta users and they'll be able yep. to promote to their audience. So that does solve some problems. And I don't think for your digital uh, guides, you don't have any testimonials for those, right? No, I yeah, I don't know what a testimony would be about necessarily. Fair enough. And it's such a low price point. So it, they really are, you know, m- much different products. But yeah. one would think you should be able to sell more of mm-hmm. the digital guide. So if I if I just say, hey, I'm concerned about that, like what thoughts do you have around it? I'm also concerned, Doug, (laughs) but I've decided to be Zen about the whole thing now. So, um, no, I think my concern is that the audience that we've built, which is, I think around like 3,500 on our email list, which is good. It's great. Yeah. I don't know. Um, that maybe they are not either in a buyer's mindset for, that type of content, like educational content is very possible in which case, like I totally understand. Like you don't have to buy anything <laughs> for me. Like it's fine. You, you're still welcome on the email list, you know, but if 75% of that list is like, yeah, I'm not buying stuff. You know, I'm just here for like the free info or whatever. And that's fine, but there's no real way for me to tell until I do kind of like a sales campaign, right? How many of those people might, be real buyers. So the other thing that we've been doing that I didn't put in this update, because we're doing it more in October, is we've been putting together a list of like sponsored email options in our niche. So I'm not sure what you think about doing that, 
But that was one thing where I was like, I think that would get us in front of different people that are engaged with other other brands, same niche, but um, that might be a good way. You know, I don't know how much to spend on that kind of thing. So I think what I might do is do our sales campaign first and just see what happens. And then if I want to give that a try, maybe I try one or two sponsored emails. Right. I, don't I think it would be, it's worth trying, um, especially mm-hmm. just to get them onto your email list. Mm-hmm. Not to actually, I probably wouldn't try to sell anything via an ad, but just to get them engaged with your brand. Just because it it's be, a pretty hard sale. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It would depend. I think they all kind of integrate sponsor content differently. You know, and if it's someone that has courses and is talking about that a lot, I feel like that's a little bit of a different, their audience probably expects to learn about courses. But okay. I don't yeah. know. We're more in the info gathering stage now to be like, right. what are all of our options? What are the price points right. to see if it would even be worth it? Okay. So sort of the the follow-up and it's another, really it's a coaching point in the past and, and you and mm-hmm. I have a different style and my way's right and your way's wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, feel the same. You, so the, the different style is I would prefer to pre-sell a course. I'd prefer to pre-sell the guide. Um, at this point, you've been working on the courses for several months, thousands of dollars, hundreds of hours into it. You're in a position where if you don't sell it, you're like, oh, fuck, I've mm-hmm. wasted a shitload of time. No, don't stress about this, but uh, like- I'm not, I'm, not, I'm very zen about it. You're at a point where you have sunk costs and you could have spent the time somewhere else Right, it's in the past, so it doesn't actually mm-hmm. matter that much. But if you pre, if you would have pre-sold it, you could have said, you know what, this offer is wrong. Uh, literally, no one bought, or ten people bought and it hit the threshold. We know there's something to it. It requires further tweaks. But the problem with like developing a course ahead of time is the sunk cost, and you've invested mm-hmm. all of this time and capital into it, and you you didn't have to, but mm-hmm. Like I said, we have a we have a different style. Mm-hmm. Yours is much more uh, polished, and you'd love to have like a finished product. And as part of like uh, your background in the corporate world and uh, who you are as a human being as well. And I'm the opposite. I'm like, all right, let's try to sell this thing. Yeah. We'll figure it out later. We could we could polish it up afterwards. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, like, because we're dealing with digital products, like we have the luxury to to do it that way. Mm-hmm. So like I said, it's a, it's a coaching point in the past yep. and it's just a different style. One's not right or wrong. I was just kidding before, of, of course. Um, um, right. It does put the risk up front and then you bear the risk um, mm-hmm. the, the whole time. So any thoughts on that? Yep. It, go ahead. Well, yeah, I think that it feels a little bit different. And I don't know how you did it with your first course because I didn't know you back then. Um, but it feels a little bit different to try to pre-sell something when you've never made anything like that. So like if I had pre-sold courses in June thinking I was going to launch it in July and then here it is October because a bunch of other stuff hit the fan, like I would be super stressed about that as well. So part of me, I think, was just like for comfort's sake, like do it once, get yourself a template of how everything works 
you know, because like for the second course that we have planned, now I know exactly what that is. Like I know where all the pieces need to go. Like I have templates for everything, you know, like it already feels more attainable because I know what it will take, I guess. So for me a little bit, it's like, I just have to see if A, I even like making courses. Like the answer may be no, in which case I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> right? Like, so yeah, I think for me, like I have the luxury of being able to spend the money and the time. Like if it doesn't work out, yeah, it's a bummer, but it's not like I'm not paying my mortgage off of it. So I don't know. Hmm? I agree with you, but I also think like it feels much different when it's the very first course you've ever made versus having like years of been doing this and you're like, this is easy. I can make a course in, you know, 15 days, which you can because you're a content machine. Um, but like and the first just, one is uh, just like, I'll, I'll cut you blog. off. I, I started the blog uh, one month before I re pre-sold. I, like, I didn't know shit about what I was doing. I was naive enough to think that I could do it. See, that's, that's like who you are. Hmm? Well, I wasn't then I because well, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. It, it, um, like I said, th there's no wrong or right way. It's just there's a lot of different ways to approach it. Um, one flaw, and I'm picking on you a lot here, Christy, mm -hmm. but and then we'll move on. So you said- All the stuff I'm good at? <laughs> yes, we will go back to the stuff. Okay, great. Out. Yeah, we'll we'll round it back up. So okay. the, the you said something. You're you're starting your second course already, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, it's already easier because you have templates and systems mm -hmm. that like work, right? But mm -hmm. you don't know if they work yet. Like you're basing it on mm -hmm. something that's unproven that you haven't sold, and that's uh, it, you could be a hundred percent correct but it's a faulty assumption right now because you mm -hmm. don't have enough data. So it's, yep. it is easier, but it could, it's, it could be a path that goes to nowhere basically. Yeah. So um, just to point out more things, I usually don't uh, dig in this deep, but yeah, occasionally no, you know, I think we, we got to do the coaching fair. part. <laughs> yeah. I think it's totally fair. You know, for me, like I am in a place where I was willing to like come into this year and spend money on the site Right. Like we talked about that at the very beginning. I was like, I'll throw a chunk of change at this, like to see if we can do this cool stuff and double it. And, you know, so that is fine. And like, I like spending time on it. That's fine. So those are not necessarily the things that bother me. I think what I'm more interested in is do I even like doing courses? And if right. I don't, then even if I sold them, I don't know that I'd want to do them. <laughs> right. A little bit, you know, because it feels like courses are like the thing, right? Like everyone needs to have an online course and that's how you make like passive income, which we know is a falsehood, but whatever. Um, so a little bit, it's like, like, I feel like I should try it, but I don't know if I'm going to like it. <laughs> the I just don't know. First, thanks for letting me dig in and make specific examples. You're doing a great job. <laughs> one <laughs> one thing yeah you're supposed to give like a compliment at the beginning yeah. no, I trash like someone so yeah. That's how I like, yeah that's how i like it the the thing is right you're, you're like i don't know if i like courses if you ended up making a shitload of money from it like you'd be able to move past the other things like that's yeah, what that's it, so true. if you try to sell it and it, it's like much harder yeah. and you're pushing the boulder uphill 
you may think, oh, this yeah. sucks. But in a different situation, if it sold really well, you're like, oh, you know what? It wasn't that right. bad. You kind of right. figured out how to sell it. You have your systems, blah, blah, blah. It's not yeah. too bad. So No, that's true. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what's coming up over the next uh, month or so as we uh, look into the future? Yep. So thinking a lot about the holidays, obviously, like everyone else is. So I have that 25 article sprint that I want to finish. So we've got four posts that are done and live, four that are written and being proofed. Um, to go into WordPress. And then um, I'll have the other, I mean, we should be done with that in October for sure. So that's just something new that I haven't, I haven't ever tried doing one like right into Q4 specifically that was like, these are things I think I could rank for pretty immediately for this holiday. So that's something new. Um, that I'm trying and I'm kind of excited. I'm just excited to be back to doing content, which I feel good at, <laughs> frankly. Um, so yeah, so holiday sprint would be good. I did notice, like I put this in the blog post too, but like I wrote one post that had a ton of Etsy products in it. And that one, you know, I made like four X off of Etsy last month, which isn't necessarily completely related but it's kind of related, like, yeah. So I'm curious to see if the topics that I picked and the, you know, keywords I'm targeting do a pretty quick turn on like having a good return for those. So that'll be something new. Um, and then just like getting this course stuff done. I think a lot of it is that I do have another business. Like it does take time. I have the infrastructure stuff I've been doing like amidst those things. Like sometimes this is what gets cut, right? Like if there's not time, this is the one without clients. This is the one without like being a services business, like the other stuff has to come first. So a little bit stuff just feels like it drags on sometimes. So I'm looking forward to getting that first course like done. So we even have data like this whole time. I'm just like, I don't know. It might not work. Well, maybe it will work. Maybe it'll be fine. You know, like maybe I'll sell a ton of them in our first sales series and I'll be like, great, broke even, you know, like, right. I don't know. So at some level, I should just stop worrying about it because I don't have any data about it. <laughs> right. Right. And I, I can't remember if I told you I met someone named Alan Donigan and he's out of the UK and uh, he's sort of an entrepreneur kind of coach and has, you know, built businesses himself mm. and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But like, like many people in his industry, it's all about like, Hey, will people give you money for it? And you right. never know until you ask for the mm -hmm. money. So we can yep. develop and think and do market research and all this right. other stuff and do surveys, but who the fuck knows until right. you get a credit card number from someone and they right. pay you and then they, you know, go through the material and can give you some feedback. Like you never right. know until you ask. So we won't yep. know until we won't know. But you we get might it out know there. soon. It should be really we soon. In next month's update. Very good. Well, mm -hmm. anything else on your mind? I don't think so. I would say there's probably um, you know, an educational opportunity should you want to make another course about making courses. There would be an opportunity for that. 
I know that there are other people doing it, but you whip out content so quickly. Like, I think yeah. what I really craved was the same level of, like, just follow these steps, right? Like, when I built the site, I was like, I'm just going to do it Doug's way. You know, like, he told me what the steps are. I'm going to do the steps, and I'm going to make the thing, you know? And when I get to courses, I was kind of like, oh, like, maybe kind of like this? I don't know. Maybe. So it's just, yeah, I'm just not sure what's going to work is the moral of that story. And maybe it'll be great or maybe not, but right. I'm still happy with the site. That's where my mind is this month. I'm happy with it. I built a thing. It got massive compared to what I thought it would be. So yep. I'll just be happy. Very good. All right. Well, we'll catch in with you next month. Thanks, Christy. All right. Good to see you.